Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Good morning. Thank you for having us here this morning. I bring, you, bring to you greetings from Lebanon and specifically from ABTS, the Arab Baptist Theological Seminary, from Eli Haddad, the president that some of you might know, and from Walid Zayla, the pastor of my church, and who happens to be also a graduate from Acadia University. So greetings, and from the church in Lebanon too. And thank you for the privilege to be able to sharing with you God's word this morning in here. So uh, I gave a, like a title to our message today, and I loved that the songs were in a way synced with what I'm, I am about to share this morning. Be talking about love outside the box. In our current times, there is a rise in racism and sectarianism worldwide. In Spain, for example, just a couple of months ago, football fans targeted a Brazilian origin player with offensive chants simply because of his dark skin. In Lebanon, too, we witness an escalating sectarian and racial discourse, especially concerning Syrian refugees. As we gather today to reflect on the timeless message of the Good Samaritan, I invite us all to embrace a profound exploration of love that defies boundaries, a love that extends beyond the expected, beyond the familiar, a love outside the box. In a world often defined by divisions and barriers, the Good Samaritan leads us to a radical understanding of compassion. So let us embark on this spiritual journey together, seeking to unravel the depth of a love that challenges us, that challenges us to step outside our comfort zone and exemplify the transformative power of Christ's teaching. So Luke introduces the first character in this incident, the lawyer, or as some translations call him, the expert in the law. I know and I am sure that most of you are familiar with the passage. And this expert in the law, this lawyer, he approached Jesus to test him. We don't know his motives or why he wanted to test Jesus, but he likely wanted to either embarrass him with his questions or boast about his knowledge of the word of God. So I'll be reading the passage. And behold, a lawyer stood up to him to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho 
and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever you spend, more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. So being an expert in the law, he knew exactly what the scripture taught about obtaining eternal life. Robert Stein suggests in his commentary on verse 25 that the lawyer's question is about what he can do to inherit salvation or enter the kingdom of God. Jesus praises his answer saying, do this and you will live. Jesus must have embarrassed the lawyer knowing that no one could fully implement these commandments. The lawyer wanted to justify himself, so he asked another question. Who is my neighbor? This question reveals Jesus' definition of a neighbor. Just as Jesus often answered questions with symbolic stories, the hero of this story is not ordinary. And those who heard Jesus were likely astonished. I'd like to think that while he was speaking and telling this story, People were just like, what is happening over there? What is he talking about? Jesus says that a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and most probably a Jew, was attacked by robbers, beaten, robbed, and left half dead. A priest and then a Levite passed by without helping, but to the surprise of the listeners, a Samaritan. The Jews' bitter enemies came to the rescue. The Samaritan's actions teach us valuable lessons about compassion of love and love. It teaches us awareness. The good Samaritan noticed the injured man, refusing to turn a blind eye to human suffering. As followers of Christ, we must open our eyes to the needs of those around us. Jesus calls us to open our eyes. It teaches us compassion. The Good Samaritan felt genuine compassion for the man's pain and suffering, and that motivated him to help. Our role as Christ's disciples is to empathize with others, sharing their joys and sorrows. So share with them what they're feeling. We're not just called to be there and put an arm around their back and say, we feel with you. Jesus calls us to, engage, to be engaged with what they're going through. Sacrifice. The Good Samaritan sacrifices time, resources, and comfort to take care of the injured man. He went out of his way. He was traveling and went, then went out of his way. True mercy requires self-denial and liberation from the shackles of indifference and convenience. Inclusivity. 
The Good Samaritan broke social and ethnic barriers, showing that compassion transcends cultural norms. He demonstrated that defining a neighbor is not based on background or beliefs, but on the common humanity we all share in. So today, Jesus invites us to be Good Samaritans. And how can we, Good Samaritans? How can this happen? He invites us to have boundless love. And I'm sharing this picture here, and I have a story about it. So these kids you're seeing there are refugees, Syrian refugee kids in Lebanon, whom the local church in Lebanon serves. We are called to love our neighbors, regardless of race, religion, nationality, or social status. These kids there are Muslim, they're not Christian. They're Syrian, they're not Lebanese. They come from a different social and cultural background than we as Lebanese are. But we are called to build bridges and unite our communities through acts of kindness and mercy. I remember that when the war started in Syria and refugees started coming to Lebanon, and specifically to the, the area where our local church in, the church was engaged in ministry with the Syrian refugees. But I didn't want to be part of it. I didn't like it. And I wanted it to stop. Because Lebanon and Syria have had a long history that was not a positive one. They were not good neighbors. The Syrian army invaded Lebanon and played a major part in the Lebanese civil war and was responsible for the death of thousands of Lebanese. And I have witnessed that. My dad was a fighter in Lebanon in one of the Christian militias. And I remember a slogan that he often repeated at home. He's, he would say, know your enemy, the Syrian is your enemy. And this is what I grew up with. I had never healed from this scar and I held grudges against the Syrian people. So as they started coming in and our church got involved in providing relief to them, I took a stand against it. I didn't want it to happen. Until one Sunday morning in church, someone from the church was speaking a message from the Good Samaritan and it touched my heart. I learned that my neighbor is that specific person I hate, that specific person I don't want to serve. This is my neighbor and God calls me to go out there and serve him and God convicted me. The Holy Spirit led me to confess my sin and I started to be part of the work that was happening with the Syrian refugees in Lebanon. And now I lead this ministry in my local church. I'm the one who motivates people to go out and serve the Syrian refugees in Lebanon. I'm the one who speaks on behalf of them when people are not good to them. And I'm the one who defends them when people are attacking them in our community. So we're called to boundless love. We're also called to break the cycle of indifference. We must actively combat indifference in a world infected with the disease of apathy and self-focus. We must refuse to be bystanders and step out of our comfort zones to help those in need. So this picture here, or these pictures there, they're not in Lebanon, they're in Syria, and specifically in Aleppo. 
Last year, Aleppo was hit with a big earthquake, as you might know. And I was in my home in Lebanon. And just as I always do, I haven't learned my lesson yet. I said, I don't want to be part of that. How would I go to Syria? I don't want to go to Syria. I don't want to go to Aleppo. I don't want to help these people. How can I do that? But then, again, a friend called. And he said, when are we going? I'm like, we're not going. <laughs> and he said again, well, I thought you'd be the first one to go. I said, well, this time I'm not going. <laughs> and the second morning, my wife wakes up, and she looks at me and says, if you're going to Aleppo, I'm going with you. I'm like, we're not going. <laughs> this is not happening. But then during the day, I don't know what happened to me. I, I pick my phone up, and I call a friend in the States, and I say, hey, have you listened? Have you heard about the earthquake in Syria? I said, yeah. I said, well, I think I might be interested in going there and helping. Do you have funds for that? He said, yeah, yeah. We got funds for that yesterday. I'll send them off, and you can go. So a few days later, my friend who called me and said, are you going? And I were in the car driving to Syria, to Aleppo, to assist the church in Aleppo with the relief work they, they, have, they were doing there. We went out of our comfort zones. It's not comfortable to go to Syria these days. The road is dangerous. We don't know what might happen while we're, while we, while we're there. The country is still in, in war. But I don't want to talk about myself. I want to talk about the church in Aleppo. They also went out of their way. They also went out of the comfort zone. The church is in need. Yes, it is. They're suffering from the crisis and the economic situation in Syria, just as the other people are suffering. But you know what this particular church did in Aleppo? Do you see these plates on the table? They prepare every day thousands of them for people to have breakfast on the street because they don't have a place to stay in. So these people would come to the church and the church would distribute to them breakfast in the morning so that they can eat. The church opened its door. They don't have electricity. They don't have the means to run the generator, but they did so that people would come in and sleep in the church because it was very cold to stay in the streets out there. So God calls us to break the cycle of indifference. And we can do that by going to the other, by going out of our way, and by just stepping out our comfort zones. Jesus calls us to transform life through our service. And yet again, I share another story with you. And this is from Beirut in August 4, 2020. A huge explosion happened in Beirut. Almost more than 300,000 were left without a place to stay in. And I also remember that day, I was at home grieving for what happened. And I went into my room and I sat on my bed and I said, we have been dealing with COVID. We have been dealing with the economic situation. I don't want to be part of this. I can't go to the streets in Beirut and provide hope to people and help to people who are in need. I don't want to do that. But yet again, the second day, a friend calls me and he says, I'm going down. 
you want to join? And I, I was there on the streets. And we decided, we, we looked at what was happening there and we said, this is bigger than us. We can't do anything there. There's so much to be done. But what we did is we gathered like a small team from the youth in our church. We took some brooms and some shovels and we started cleaning the streets. And then people would call us, hey, can you help us clean our house? And we'd say, yeah. We went and we started cleaning houses. But after that, we decided that it's not only this. We're not just cleaning. We want to give hope. So we started sharing the gospel with people. We had teams who started visited these houses and we started talking to them about Jesus and his transformative power and how he can change his li their lives. And out of these families we visited, you see there a group, they're studying the Bible. These are people that we have visited after the port explosion in Beirut. They had no connection to the gospel before. They do come, some of them from Christian background and some of them from Muslim background, but they don't know the gospel. So we started sharing the gospel with them. And a few months later, there's a church. There are now like 60 people meeting every Friday to worship God and to study the Bible together because God calls us to transform lives through our service. God has blessed us with many talents and resources. Let's use them to uplift the needy and positively change our communities. This is what happened in Beirut after the port explosion. So, brothers and sisters, the example of the Good Samaritan challenges us to be more than mere hearers of the word. It urges us to be doers. And as followers of Christ, we are called to embrace a life of radical compassion, not just ordinary compassion, a radical compassion, and demonstrate the selfless love exemplified by our Savior in his earthly ministry. I really hope that we all leave this place this morning with hearts attuned to the needs of others, ready to lend a helping hand and committed to being good Samaritans in our broken world. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday. <laughs>